Welcome to And What Else, the podcast with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as The Completion Coach. And today we're going to go back to the subject of all or nothing, because it's one of the best forms of self-sabotage I see, and one that's really cunning, because it actually makes it look like you're absolutely going all in on something. It absolutely makes it look like you're somebody that will become obsessed at the beginning, that's got all of the ideas, all of the oomph, all of the desire and wants to go, go, go. But the very idea that all or nothing is a good thing is just a trick of the mind. All or nothing means that we will come back to nothing. It means we will not complete. We will start, but we will stop. We will start, but we will stop. If we changed all or nothing to continuous starter, we wouldn't have quite as much oomph in the way that we tell people about it. As I say, most people who describe themselves as all or nothing are really proud of it because they think it means they're all in. But what it says to me quite obviously is that there will be black and white thinking, they will be really fixed in some areas, and fundamentally, although they will start with an awful lot of momentum, they will slow themselves down. There will be a pattern to this. They will be people that go around in circles in certain areas. And they will be people who absolutely will have great reasoning as to why they had to stop. But it will only show up in the areas of their life that they deeply want to change. In other areas of their life, they can just start and finish, start and finish. They can do, they can produce, they can continue. And the reason for most of that is that they're doing it for somebody else. So even if it's something for their friend, they will get it done. If it's something they've agreed to that lots of people know about, they will get it done. If it's for an employer, a boss, somebody else, they will get it done. When it's for them, when it's unobserved, especially if these people want a side, I don't use the word hustle, a side income, a side self-employment or are stepping into self-employment, they will recognize that they are not the doers they were when they were employed. They are not the same in isolation as they are in a team. They will find that their behavior is shifting because nobody can see it. And so although they may feel like all or nothing is not entirely who they are because they can get shit done over here. All or nothing over here, when nobody completely knows, it's hidden in plain sight, it's easy to roll over, it's excusable because only you really know, then those people know that I am attacking them right now. And the reason is, it is not tied to somebody else. It is not witnessed, it is not seen. So when you want to be a high performer in a team, when you want to be a high performer at work, when you want to overgive in relationships, when you want to please people, you might not even identify as a people pleaser. But you will have pleasing tendencies where pleasing other people is a priority. And the very idea that this thing you are doing over here that nobody really knows about, nobody can see the intricacies, there's nobody to report to on it, this can coast. And you wouldn't necessarily class yourself as a coaster because you are high achieving in what you can do for other people. Many high achievers 
have people-pleasing tendencies because they feel good from people seeing their abilities, their worth, their drive, their abilities. When it comes to them being the only people that can see it, we could say they are less driven. They are more avoidant. There are things that could be done, but not doing them won't necessarily drive attention to them because nobody can see it. If everybody could see the things you are rolling, the goals you set and didn't achieve personally, if everybody could see that you weren't doing anything in your business, if everybody could see you would be mortified and you would be doing them. (laughs) More to the point, you'd be doing them. And so a lot of completion has issues because no one knows if you did or you didn't. And you pleasing you isn't something that drives your behavior. You pleasing you isn't something that's high in your entire vision of what you want to do. And actually, I did a post on Instagram about this. You have an internal quitter. So there is a part of you internally that knows you can quit at any time on this thing because nobody can see it. There is an internal quitter that is saying we could we could make this into anything and people would just believe it. The reason why it didn't come into fruition, the reason why, you know, it's done. But nobody knows, nobody can see because your internal quitter knows that you could start these things and it will keep you starting, it will keep you in a loop, it will keep you repeating the same cycles wherever it's showing up in your life. Some of our goals are to have a family. Some of our goals are to get into a relationship. Some of our goals are financial. Some of our goals are creative. Some of our goals are quite extraordinary to change something. Some of our goals are in the pursuit of drive to achieve something unachievable to us right now. They may even be like trek related, run related, anything that you could be doing that not everybody knows about. And on this basis, because it's unseen and nobody's saying, where is it? You are struggling to get it done. It is rolling over, it is rolling over, it is rolling over. And in that rolling over, there is an internal quitter within you that knows they can get you out of this. And so when you set the new goal, there is resistance from your internal quitter who is saying, we will not do this. We will not do this. We will not see this through. And in reality, although people would describe you as reliable, you know deeper inside of you that when it comes to you, you are unreliable because you don't do what you say you would do, even though other people believe you are somebody that does what they say they will do. So there is a great contrast between the public presentation of you and everybody else's experience of you compared to your experience of you and the full truth that you know. This feeds your imposter syndrome. It gives you everything you know because you feel a fraud in the things that you do do because you know about the things that you don't do. And so it seeps into everywhere else, creating this idea that I'm going to get caught out. People are going to find out what I'm really like. People are going to, you know, understand that all of this is a fraud, a front, a fraud. I was going to say that. All of this is a front. And to a degree, it's true, right? You do feel like an imposter because you know you are not this person all of the time. 
You are this person for other people. But when it comes to for you, you know there is an element of you that is unreliable. There is also still this drive for fast. And so patience isn't something we've accrued. You can do things fast for other people as well. You don't muck around. If I was employing you and I gave you a task, even if you didn't know how to do it, you would suss that shit out and you would get it done within my deadlines. In your reality, if there's something you don't quite know how to do, you will almost energetically feel it's impossible. There will be an internal slump of it's so hard. Why can't I do this? And there will be no desire for you to go, do you know what? We can figure this out. Instead, you will be looking for problems. You'll be looking for why not. And the reason for this is because we use bad data. So externally for other people, there is a desire to use good data. You want them to think this about me. I want them to know this about me. I want them to believe this about me. And it's deeply driven to provide them with that data. The reason being is because you've got bad data on yourself. Your data is emotional. That internal quitter is feeding that like they can't find out. So when there's data about you, it's coming from this place of I'm useless. I can't. I'll give up. What's the point? I won't do it anyway. What's the point? I'm so frustrated. I hate myself. I didn't do that last year. I've got nowhere. I'm back to square one. I'm useless. And so all of this begins. And the most frequent thing even people say to me is I've got, I can't even finish a book, Wendy. I can't even finish a book. And I'm like, why are you reading that book then? Because there's part of you that's probably reading a book that you think you should. Go find something that lights you up that you're itching to read and dive into it without it having to be a performative read. Look at where your internal stories are biased and distorted by the emotional sense of you not being enough, the emotional sense of you being an imposter and a fraud. And if you do this, they'll find out. If you do this and it's rubbish, they'll find out. The part of you that wants to set something free inside of you, but won't because of this idea of perfectionism. But actually, all that is tying you into is an inability to complete what you're starting based on the idea that when you complete it, people will see it and it will be viewed as rubbish. And yet, and yet, and yet, your logical mind knows this is rubbish. Your logical mind knows that some people will like it, some people won't, and that it can't be for everybody. Your logical mind knows that you can walk into a wonderful studio and see art which is adored by people at a crazy, crazy high price that people are queuing to see. And you might walk in and go, nah, not for me. You might walk into a very famous architect's most renowned building and think, I I don't get it. You might read that book that made the best sellers list and think, hmm, I don't get it. You might smell the perfume that you thought would be amazing and go, oh, I don't like it. You might be served the best chef's signature dish and go, oh, can we get some food on the way home? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Your opinion has not stopped them from being the best in their game for the people it is for. Your opinion on their art does not stop it selling daily to people that think it's the most divine thing they've seen. 
Your opinion did not stop that book from getting to the bestsellers chart. It did not stop the people that absolutely adored it saying, when's the next one? Your opinion of that building will not cause it to crumble. And so the illusion of perfectionism is the idea that everybody will love it, when in fact, we need to be aiming for our own excellence, which is the idea that we can produce something, bring it to life and put it out there, that other people will find its excellence, its use, its value. And we can take feedback on how we grow it, how we cultivate it, how we make it better. Whether that's our own internal feedback as we develop into an artist that wants to take it down a different route. Whether that means that we become a writer that tips into another part of their mind an extraordinary thought. Whether that's you've made something physical and get feedback, it'd be slightly better if you tweaked this. You know, and I'll bring this back to the story of the first journal I made, which I self-published. And the first one I got when I used it, I realized the page was always pulling me back and it was difficult to write in. It wasn't bad, but I knew from somebody that loved to use them that that would annoy me. So I changed the binding. The product got better. And then I changed the size slightly and then I played with and each version was slightly different, which was more delicious to me. The person buying it might not have even noticed. So there's all kinds of room for growth. But where you cannot grow is in theory. Where you cannot grow is in hiding. And when you cannot grow or develop or excel in anything is in applying the brakes, in thinking that it's not good enough before you've even seen it alive. Thinking that your art is not in its true brilliance for the world as it is. There is some poetry that we can be like, hmm, is is that poetry? That the next person would have tattooed on their body. And it's really important to remember our art is everything. It's not necessarily just drawing. Our art is in everything that we want to create and produce and have. There is art in anything that we buy, anything that we personally love, that the next person might be like, oh, no, thank you. So the idea of complete perfectionism, acceptance from all, loved by all, desired by all, is a fantasy to prevent you from moving. But it is grounded in the idea that there won't be value or worth unless it is good enough for somebody that it's not meant for. And quite often that is the problem, that you are trying to make it good enough for somebody that it's not meant for. Which is why you will hear so many people say, I wrote it for me. This came from my heart. This is what I wanted. This is what I needed. This is what I desired. This is what lit me up. Because when you create from there, It is your own excellence, your own desire, your own proof that this thing is wonderful to you. And then let it find the right people. Now, if you're serviced or product-based and people are coming back saying, this is shit, this doesn't work, I'm unhappy with this, take feedback. My goodness, there's, there's protocols of things that exist which are continuously being tweaked. There might be people saying, oh, you know, you've got this slightly off. But grow from it. Feedback's not bad. Some people will always have negative feedback. Some people would just have brought the wrong thing. But if there's a general feeling that this area could get better, if you know, you know what, this could get better, this could be something that I excel at, then you can you can tinker. 
And as this thing becomes greater in its excellence and its growth, you will develop with it. But perfection is an illusion. Excellence is the desire for growth, learning, excitement, progress, consistency of small, completing tasks, finding your momentum, finding your people. And your people are the people that are going to go for it. Even when other people are going, what? That's going to stink. Don't do it. It won't work. Oh, you're a dreamer. Oh, it's impossible. Or oh, there's loads of people doing that. Find your people that are going, who cares? Do it anyway. Find yourself some expanders. Some people that expand your view of the world, that expand the joy of the world, and who expand you to go beyond where you've already been. If you need an extra push right now, I want you to write down something that you want to complete, something that you really, really want to complete, something maybe that you've started two or three times, something that you just can't find the energy to start, but you just keep putting off. And I want you to bring it onto a page and really write about it and why you care about it and why it's in your heart and why it keeps playing on your mind. And if it was in reality, what it would mean to you. And I also want you to write down who you are afraid of seeing it and why. And I want you to really settle into that and see what you can find. As always, thank you for listening. You can contact me on Instagram at The Completion Coach or pop me an email, wendy at thecompletioncoach.co.uk. There are ways to work with me one-to-one. There are currently still the one-off sessions available together with a longer-term agreement to work with me. And the new course will be rewritten and relaunched at this point, which is the finish line formula. If you really want to complete, if you really want to see it through, if you really want to understand what it's like to shift into completely mastering completion, then you might just want to give it a look. Thank you so much for your time and I'll speak to you next week.